Welcome to Intuitive Wellness, a podcast where I, Samara, and my partner, Lali, talk about relating to our bodies, identities, and oppressive systems, and share the tools that are working for us and our guests. This show is for witchy, introspective activists who struggle with trying to heal all the shit in their lives and in the world. If you believe that healing yourself is activism, you're in the right place. Hi, everyone. We are back with another episode, just the two of us, which is super exciting. We have been doing a lot of interviews recently, and I thought that it was really important for us to continue building a relationship with you all and sharing our own thoughts. It's so great to hear the thoughts of our guests, but we also really want to make sure that you all have a good chance to get to know us. So super excited for that. And today we're going to be talking all about gender in the wellness industry or in the wellness world. So I am a wellness professional and Lali is also a wellness professional. And we being non-binary in that world has definitely been an adventure. I mean, it's an adventure being non-binary in the world (laughs) at, at large, but in the wellness world specifically, we definitely have some some thoughts that we'd like to share about our experience being non-binary in the wellness world and in general about the way that the wellness world really relies on the gender binary to an unhealthy extent. And honestly, for me, I guess I have a question for you, Lali. I'm wondering if you feel that the wellness industry at this point, I, like, I feel like it kind of depends on the gender binary. Like it, it is really benefiting from the gender binary so explicitly in a way that a lot of other industries really aren't. But I'm wondering to hear how you think. Um, I think from what I've seen, so much of the wellness industry is like, from my perspective, dominated by white women. Like, I feel like that's what I see the most. And I feel like so much of like that healing journey involves healing, like what it means to be a woman in the world and patriarchy and a lot of that healing, I think is so dependent on the binary because of that like clinging to that identity as a woman as like a form of oppression that you're trying to heal as a practitioner in the wellness industry and like i i can't say i don't i can't speak for the whole wellness industry i think that this is just like my little corner of the internet what i have been exposed to has been Mm -hmm. a lot of white women trying to heal themselves and a lot of that healing has involved and enforcing of the binary because that's how they understand their identity and they are trying to help other women um, yeah, find their own healing. And in trying to only help those women, again, they're enforcing that binary just in their understanding of what their ideal client is. I think that's what I've seen. What about you? Hmm. Okay. I think it's definitely important that you qualified, like this is what you've been exposed to. And I can only talk about what I've been exposed to because I don't know everything about the whole, Mm -hmm. it's like a huge, huge, huge world. And I don't know everything about it. But as far as the things that I've been exposed to, I definitely agree. I think it's a lot of like, it's very women centric, even with 
like people who aren't assigned female at birth, like cis men, I've seen it be very male centric. Like it seems like there is like a gendered way to heal. And a lot of the times you'll see people creating healing groups segregated by gender in a way that feels like it's like going to the bathroom almost like let me decide which group I fit into based on my genitalia which is really I mean it is like it causes like a stress response for me personally um and and I think the um the comparison to going to the bathroom feels really right for me because as I was trying to find out my place and where I fit like, and this isn't everyone, like, I definitely work very closely with practitioners who don't give a shit what gender <laughs> or what gender a person was assigned at birth in order for um, the work to be productive or in order for the work to be healing. But I know that there are a lot of people who position themselves as only available to serve people with certain genitalia or people who were assigned a certain gender at birth. And for me, yeah, that's been that's been really harmful. Um, another thing that I was thinking of when I asked this question was the ways in which, um, and I know, again, this is only A, what I've been exposed to, and B, very white-centric, like very, very Western-centric and Christian-centric too. My client, Melinda, was talking about how um, the rise of Christianity really forced our relationship to spirit to be gendered in a way Mm -hmm. that like hasn't always been true and I'm not the authority on this like I have not really done any looking into it for myself but I know I've definitely listened to people talk about it and it really feels like the way that we gender the planets the way that we gender um the whole concept of divine femininity and divine masculinity the way that we even gender actions, like the sense of like, oh, if this is a passive action, it's feminine. And if this is a, a more involved, it's masculine. Or if we're using our analytical mind, we're being masculine right now. And if we are meditating, then we are being feminine. And I just think that doesn't, that's such, that's so unnecessary. <laughs> and everything exists on a spectrum there's no need to force a binary onto every aspect of our lives and I think a lot of people within the wellness industry that I've been exposed to and unfortunately that I've been like closely involved with do make a habit and a point of gendering every little detail of every little thing and calling it a vehicle for healing yeah, this is reminding me of like what we were talking about with our conversation with Caitlin, who was saying like, which Caitlin? Um, We've Grania, Caitlin. Okay. Um, who was saying like, spirit doesn't necessarily carry these white supremacist gender binary ideals, but the person like as you're channeling, as you're trying to, like bring about that created spiritual stuff through Mm -hmm. you out into the world like you are putting your filter on it Mm -hmm. and so if these practitioners have that filter of the binary and white supremacy the work that they create is going to have that Mm. um yeah I guess I'm thinking about like your tarot course and you know the gendering of like the cards and people are trying to like fight back against that but that seems like a, a small minority um, and as like astrology is gaining momentum, like 
like you're saying, certain planets having gender, like certain elements having gender. Mm. Um, yeah, it just feels like these these moments are gaining momentum and they're gaining momentum through the practitioners who have these toxic lenses. And so that's what's growing too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I guess that's what I'm seeing. Yeah, that's true. I think the lens is so important. And like, as Caitlin was saying to people, please go check out that episode. <laughs> if you haven't, it's a long one, but like, it's totally worth the time. Um, you really, you can only interpret spirit through your own lens. And as I've done more healing work on myself, and as I've opened up my worldview and my perspective of how things operate and how the universe works and even like what spirit is and what healing is I've been able to really see spirit speaking a lot more um in a way that that is a lot less I guess um oppressive you know like I was raised to think of God as an oppressive force as like this jealous angry manipulative vengeful force that literally destroyed humanity because he and always he was upset so like god got mad one day (laughs) and flooded the whole world and i remember having to learn about that and as i've evolved as a person my understanding of of how to relate to spirit has evolved too but a lot of the times we have people who don't prioritize their own personal evolution or who think about and this is like a whole tangent and I hope we do a law of attraction episode so we can like go more but who think about their own evolution as a transaction for material growth right um and they don't open their worldview up to the point where they're even able to perceive spirit through a non-gendered lens or through a non-oppressive lens yeah, I just feel like so much of this goes beyond the wellness industry and just how we're socialized and how we're taught to heal, like what healing is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Like you find the symptom and then you fix it. But that's, I mean, if that's your approach to what what you want out of the wellness industry, then you're not making space for like the in-between and beyond, I guess, like... It, it does feel very transactional. It does feel like you're paying for a very specific outcome. And I think mm-hmm. that is the problem. Mm-hmm. Like it shouldn't be about paying for a very specific outcome. It should be like, I want this journey. I want to get to know myself better. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like, I don't know what healing is going to be. I don't know what I look like when I'm healed. I guess, yeah, I don't, <laughs> I'm struggling with words. I think this is a topic that's not often talked about. So it makes sense that, like, the words are not all there. Um, and it even reminds me of the episode with Gray Matters where we were talking about healing as an ongoing process. And um the fact that like you may die before you feel like you will die with things that you feel are unresolved right the goal is not to like reach them at least for me it's not to reach some state that is like I am healed now and before I wasn't like I think that's also for me it feels very Christian to say like I've been saved and I am now like redeemed and um 
Jesus like removed all of my sins away from me and now I'm healed and I'm cleansed. And before I was dirty and broken and now I'm whole and cleansed because of Jesus. Like, I don't think that's actually the way it was intended or, or realistic or reasonable. Like, I think we will always be in process. And for me, it's been about prioritizing how I feel and prioritizing my sense that I'm capable of navigating challenging things because challenging things will always come up and like what feels best to me is that I can like even today I feel so much better than I did yesterday I had a really hard day yesterday but the fact that I know how to get myself to a state where I'm not just like consumed by the actions and ignorance of other people that to me is like evidence that I'm healing but I don't know if it'll ever be the point where it's like okay, well, now I'm healed and I'm immune to life itself, (laughs) you know? Yeah, yeah. As you're talking, I'm, like, thinking a lot about, it feels to me, like, in the wellness industry, like, they do sell this final product, and a lot of that is gendered. Like, I guess I'm seeing the connection between, like, health and wellness, Mm -hmm. and it feels like like there's a certain body type that is healthier Mm -hmm. than another one. And, like, like, these practitioners all, like, look a certain way that is supposed to be healthier but it's really like this western idea of being like thin and mm-hmm. or muscular light skin like and very like feminine if you were born assigned female at birth and masculine if you were assigned male at birth and that is like the goal is to get to that space and and like the outside like how you look like you want to look peaceful you want to look calm you want to look happy Mm-hmm. It's not so much about what's going on inside. Mm-hmm. I, I think even with something like Ayurveda, and I don't know that much about Ayurveda, but the sense that people will use Ayurveda to like clear up their skin mm-hmm. or to like lose weight or to do something that they perceive will make their appearance more socially acceptable when it's like you don't that is what you're selling you're selling like you will be rich and beautiful and Mm -hmm. you know while we do live in this consumerist world and we do live in a world where I I know that like the way that your skin looks can really affect your confidence because people are mean and I think the question is like for me is healing about acquiescing to the problems of the world or is it about really doing work internally to know that you're resilient, you know? I don't know. This is like a bigger question. I'm not so much focused on gender anymore, but I think the thing I do want to come back to is the idea of like wellness as a product Mm -hmm. and how that, we know that in the world everything is gendered like all like how they have like male deodorant and fucking female whatever like we are targeted based on our genitalia every day by capitalism and you can't separate those two things at all you know Mm -hmm. and so as soon as wellness becomes a product there's even more incentive to gender it and to think about like, this is why I am so big on recognizing that like you as a wellness practitioner 
are probably using the gender binary as a marketing tactic. Like you are doing the same thing as saying, this is your female deodorant and this is your male deodorant. When you are telling people, you know, I create groups for women or I create groups for men, that's literally what you're doing, you know? And I think just the idea that like, based on your genitalia determines who you should be healing in community with and what kinds of healing modalities you should be employing, what kinds of actions you should be taking in your day-to-day life. Like, it just doesn't make sense to me. It has never made sense to me, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I have a question. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's not fully formed. I think I'm just curious, like, how you entered the wellness world, like, like, do you see it as, like, when you bought your first deodorant or, like, when you went on YouTube and started looking up videos for how to help yourself? Like, what was, what do you perceive as your entrance into the wellness world? Mm. I guess when I talk about the wellness world, I'm thinking of, like, spiritual and emotional well-being rather than physical well-being. But I know that while it becomes, like, a whole, there's no um, true distinction because everything is is all intertwined and if you're not taking care of one aspect then it all becomes hard to take care of so for me I think my active entry into the wellness world as I think about it uh I don't know do you want to go and I'll think about it because I haven't actually thought I, I guess Some would say when I got my first tarot deck, but I don't think that's true because I was doing yoga before that. And I was also meditating. Like I got, I started doing yoga in high school. So maybe it's that. Let's say it's that. I started to do yoga in high school and like do certain things like having a cup of tea and listening to like calming ambient sounds and just like trying to do things to take care of my emotional state in high school. Yeah. I'm curious if any of those actions, yoga, tea, listening to that ambience music felt like it was targeted towards a certain gender. Mm. Well, I think the yoga, I'm really lucky because one of my gym teachers was a yoga instructor in addition to being a gym teacher. And she just taught us yoga in gym class and everyone was doing it together. So it didn't occur to me. And we actually had some like people who were assigned male at birth who were South Asian, who were familiar with yoga and it didn't feel gendered to me at all. It just felt like, okay, this is a thing that you can do. Um, and having, like, being used to, like, gymnastics and cheerleading, I was like, oh, I like stretching. I like I like yoga because it is already something that I feel like I'm familiar with to a certain extent. And so that didn't feel gendered. Drinking tea, it was like green tea every day. I don't even know how I learned about drinking green tea. It wasn't, my parents didn't drink tea at all. 
Um, but I don't remember it being a gendered thing. I don't think any of it was gendered. Honestly, the, the music came because I used to get these headaches, which I still get, but not to the same frequency at all. Um, and I remembered that like when I was listening to rain or water or something, my headaches would be less. And so I just started to Google like rain sounds and like put them on while I was doing my homework or whatever. Um, so no, it didn't feel gendered at all. It also didn't feel commercialized though. It was just like, okay, the, like as I'm going through my life as a high schooler, these are just things that I'm stumbling across rather than like I'm seeking out to purchase something, you know? Yeah, I guess that's different. It's also really refreshing to hear about yoga because I think I was reluctant to try it because to me, the whole practice felt very gendered. And and I know that's because I only saw like the Western version of it. And I was so like, I learned about like yoga pants before I learned about what the whole practice oh. was. <laughs> that's different from me for sure, yeah. Um, but yeah, I... I just felt like it was more popular among women and like stretching for some reason. I gendered that as being more feminine. And I don't think anyone like said that or did anything to make me feel that way. But yeah, I guess even like what you're saying, like stretching, um, cheerleading, like to me, those are like girly things. And I was like, I don't, and my mom tried to get me to do gymnastics and I was like, I can't do that. My body is not meant to move that way. Mm. I'm not <laughs> graceful or fluid like that. Um, so I don't know if that was just me being like, I don't want to try it. But now, I guess um, when you introduced me to yoga with Cassandra on YouTube, mm -hmm. that felt nicer, it, like with the affirmations. And there, I didn't feel like there was a gender was imposed on it. Um, mm -hmm. and, and I don't think she tailors her classes to women. I think she just has classes on yoga, which is refreshing. And I don't think that's everyone, but, mm -hmm. but yeah, I do notice that I definitely had that like bias in my head that made me reluctant to try it. Yeah, I think, I guess I was fortunate in that way because even when I was in gymnastics, there were always, I mean, it sucked because it was like, there was male events and female events, mm -hmm. but there were like little boys always at my gym and men and like male coaches that I had and like you know like there were always like people assigned male at birth and people assigned female at birth practicing gymnastics together and that was never a thing that I thought like gymnastics it wouldn't occur to me to say that gymnastics is just for a certain gender um because I saw like very competitive gymnasts who were assigned male at birth who were like either practicing alongside me or coaching me or like little kids, like just playing around. Um, and I don't know what went on in their classes cause they were segregated, but I know that they had them. So it's just also interesting to hear that being a gendered thing for you. But I guess also you, you didn't see your sibling who was assigned male at birth being encouraged to partake in the same kind of activities that you were encouraged to partake in. So I guess that also probably had a, like when you say like, I don't think anyone told me that, like, I think your mom did mm. even on a subconscious level tell you that like, I'm making you do this because you were assigned female at birth and I'm not going to make your sibling do this because they were assigned male at birth. 
Yeah. You know. Honestly, all I remember from going into that gymnastic gym, I was like four years old. I just remember the outfit. Like the, you know, like the one piece, like a bathing oh, suit weird. where you just show your whole legs. I was okay. like, I can't. I don't want to do that. That's so uncomfortable. Like everyone can see everything. That's not okay. Yeah. And then when my dad took my sibling who's assigned male at birth to do t-ball and I think I was like yes I want this even though I I didn't see girls right away but then there were like girls teams mm-hmm. um and I don't know if that was like my introduction you know how we're saying like health and wellness includes that physical aspect but it seems like when you entered it you were thinking more of the emotional and spiritual wellness I think that's just like how I was thinking about it at the time because I wasn't really thinking about my physical well-being at all Mm -hmm. um I was always doing something athletic because I was doing gymnastics or cheerleading all the time and it wasn't like a conscious thing for me I ate whatever I wanted I didn't like it didn't occur to me to exercise because I was just in these activities that were like so exercise focused (laughs) Um, and I, I didn't give much consideration to my physical health, to be honest. I think I did give more consideration to my emotional well-being. And it was nice that we had yoga in gym class because I remember the first time I ever did yoga feeling like emotional stress was being relieved. And I don't think I had a memory of that sensation before. And I was like, oh, well, this is cool because it's gym, but we're also calming down. (laughs) And like, I've never had that sense of calm before, you know? I guess it was the same for me with softball. I don't think I ever thought about my mental or emotional well-being because I I didn't know it was like a thing that I had Mm -hmm. to take care of. I thought it was just like, you take care of the physical and then obviously the other (laughs) will be fine, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and I think in high school, I was very much into the idea of like, well, I'm a girl and to be attractive, I need to be thin. And so the things I need to do to do that are like cardio and I need to be really mindful of what I'm eating. And I would count like my calories and I started doing a lot of cardio and I bought these like, um, DVDs for like Brazilian butt workouts (laughs) because I was like, my body needs to look this way because that is what a healthy person who's assigned female at birth looks like. And Mm -hmm. so these are the things I need to do to be quote unquote healthy, Mm -hmm. but they were not healthy at all. Mm -hmm. I was like restricting my calories way too much and very much only concerned about the way that my body looked as opposed to how I felt. Mm -hmm. And that was a big change I had to make in understanding that like my emotional and spiritual well-being are separate and, I mean, obviously they're intertwined, but I can care for each one as opposed to just caring for one and yeah. hoping that it'll yeah, transfer. It ripples out, yeah. 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 And I think the way that we get, like, the way that at least people assigned female at birth are told that, like, being attractive will solve all your problems mm-hmm. does kind of make it seem like, oh, you will be spiritually and emotionally well if you also not are physically well, but are physically attractive Mm -hmm. because that's definitely different. And I don't think it was even like explicitly told to me as different by any adult that I trusted. I think it was kind of 
seen as the same. And then I know for me, at least it was like, even with Christianity, going back to that, like divorce is bad. And Mm. if you are married by a certain age, that's bad. And if like, you don't, you're not in a straight relationship for the rest of your life, God is going to look down on you. Right. And so it is like your spiritual well-being is tied up in your ability to, to meet these standards of beauty, you know? So messed up. Yeah. Because I, I had like low self-esteem, low confidence. And I was like, the way to fix this is not like going to therapy and talking about why I feel this way. It's just fix it on the outside and then I'll be confident and then I'll have high self-esteem because people will like me, not for me, but they'll like the way I look Mm -hmm. and that's what matters. And I'll get external validation. Yeah. And I don't even think it's like you can blame people for that because we are conditioned to prioritize external validation Mm -hmm. in a really unhealthy way, even depending on how you were parented. Like I grew up in a house where it was like, the way that your parents think about you is all that matters. Like it doesn't matter if you're happy. It matters if your parents are happy with you. Mm-hmm. And that can easily translate to how you relate to everyone. If you feel like everyone's opinion of you matters more than how you actually feel, then you will make some really unhealthy choices for the sake of appeasing others. You know? Yeah. We are really off topic. I think this is a really important conversation. I'm happy that we're here. Yeah. I mean, I think this is just us sharing like our personal journeys with the wellness industry and with what healing is Uh for ourselves and how that has changed. Because now that I'm comfortable saying that I'm trans, non-binary, like I'm not doing the healing for the external validation and so I have space to, to process what healing looks like for me. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't have to include gender. And now I can question gender. And now I can see it from like an outsider perspective mm-hmm. in a way that was not possible before. Yeah. I think that idea of like questioning, like, especially with you, I think you're so explicit about how as you went into your healing journey, it became easier for you to embrace your gender. And I think that narrative that like, hey, maybe you don't have to center your whole healing journey around your gender. Maybe you can actually use your healing journey to embrace your gender and interrogate your relationship to your gender and like become a healthy human in all areas including the way you relate to the concept of gender like I don't see that in a lot of places and that's why I think you're such a valuable person in my life because you were always at least to my knowledge you were always clear about that um not say always from the beginning of time but like that line for you is very easy to draw and the way that wellness is commodified in the world makes that line very hard to draw you know yeah I think that's a great spot to end on (laughs) (laughs) well thank you so much for tuning into this episode I am so grateful that you're here and I know I know that is too (laughs) (laughs) and yeah we will we'll see you somewhere soon thank you 
Thank you for listening to this episode of Intuitive Wellness. If you enjoy this content, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Reviews really help us reach more people. And as a thank you for a review, we will gift you a free intuitive wellness meditation and journaling prompts to help you prioritize intuitive wellness in your life. Before you hit post on your review, take a screenshot and submit it to the form in our show notes. We'll get back to you with your goods. Until next time, remember that healing yourself is activist.